Good morning, church. It's good to see you all. Our scripture today is from Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. It's going to come up on the screen, but if you've got a Bible and you want to turn to that, um, then do you want to do that now? Um, It says this. After this, and the after this is that, um, a load of blokes just took their mate to get healed by Jesus. um, And they couldn't get into the house, so they climbed up on the roof and and dropped him down through the roof. And Jesus had healed him. Um, But when Jesus healed him, he said, "Um, your sins are forgiven. And all these religious people were like, you can't say that. Who are you to say that? And then Jesus told him who he was. And then it says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Good morning, my name's Luke, and I'm part of the leadership team here at Jubilee, and it's great to see you here. And if you're watching on our live stream today, welcome. If you're taking notes, um, the title of this message is The Kingdom is for You. The Kingdom is for You. And I really struggled preparing this uh, message for about the last uh, month or so since I started looking at uh, what the Bible was saying and what God was saying and praying into it. And I really didn't know until about two days ago I had like one page of stuff. <laughs> like, um, but I believe God wants to do something in your life today. Do you believe that? Just pop your hand up if you've come with a need and if you believe that God's going to meet it today. This room's full of people, full of people who believe that God can meet their need. Shall we pray? Father God, we lift your name this morning because your name is above every other name. We've just sung that your name stands strong against every other kingdom, against every other thing that would raise itself against you. Your name remains. God, you are faithful. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to throw off our restraints and to step into you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've just read uh, that Jesus was walking down the street. I always like to picture it as real life. So what's that road out there? King Edward Street, is it? Yeah. Strolling out. And he sees this tax booth. And this guy sat on it um, called Levi. What's the big deal, Luke? Well, a tax collector, they'd be one of the most literate people in society at that time. Not like me. Okay. They'd probably have spoke three or four different languages. 
Um, they'd have been a skilled accountant. They'd have been of good ability, of good standing, okay? But they would have also been part of a corrupt regime, okay? Because they were collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. And they would have took all sorts of bribes and skims off the top, and basically um, they extorted the poor, the people that couldn't stick up for themselves. And the government, Rome, ignored that that was going on because it was like a perk of their job. We'll let you take that and we'll ignore that because we want you to bring in our regime that was directly to try and oppress the people of God. Levi, like many of us have, chose a career path and a lifestyle that would give him a very comfortable life. And there were elements of his choice that fell outside of what was morally right. And so he had to bury his conscience to pursue it. Have you made choices like that? Me too. Even recently, I qualified as a nurse three and a half years ago. Um, And it was the first time in my life that I found I was able to comfortably support my family. I never thought I'd get there. Those of you who know me know that I came out of a life of addiction and God pulled me out of that. But I never thought I'd be stood with a degree or an ability to earn a decent wage. Yet there I was. Just a slight burying of conscience and you find that soon enough you've created an idol. You've placed this thing before God. You've stopped looking to God. I found that I could achieve success. I could gain promotion. Anyone else been there? I could provide. Me, myself, and I. And you know, really quickly, I was burnt out. Knackered, exhausted. Is that you? Are you sat in that place today? Are you striving for something like Levi did and like I did? I've got some good news for you. Yeah? Jesus saw Levi acting out his godless choice. He saw him in it and he still approached him. He saw Levi in his godless choice just as he saw me in mine and just as he sees you in yours. No one in this room or watching on our live stream is outside of this message today. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of his holy standard. Isaiah 53.6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity, the sin, the badness of us all. So I praise God for Second Peter 3, 9, which says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some of us understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone 
to come to repentance. Jesus is patiently waiting for us to turn to him, to repent. Repentance is turning 180 degrees from my badness, from my sin, and running without looking back to the righteousness of God. He desires that everyone would come to repentance. Everyone would chase after his righteousness. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus calls sinners to repentance. There's no one, not one among us, found without sin. Sin's the stuff we think, say, and do that is against God's ways. It's as simple as that. And Jesus calls the least likely and the least deserving. My life's a testimony to that. I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. He called Saul of Tarsus, who was persecuted and murdered God's people. He called Moses, who was a murderer. He called Noah, who got drunk. Jacob, who lied. Joseph, who was abused. Gideon, who was afraid. Rahab, who was a prostitute. And Abraham, who was too old. He called Elijah, who was suicidal. He called Naomi the widow. Zacchaeus, who was too small. And Lazarus, who was dead. And he's saying to you now, follow me. My kingdom is for you. Why don't you open your eyes now? Just let that sink in. Follow me. My kingdom is for you. Jesus came to save sinners. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God's command will change your life. But many people struggle with that. They struggle because the command, follow me, is wide-ranging. It's got very little in the way of limitation or restriction. Follow me in my head always precedes another question like how, what, when, why. But Jesus doesn't give Levi any of those specifics. Will you follow? Will you follow him with complete dependence, void of trying to premeditate or work it all out? Do you find yourself trying to manipulate his presence into the agenda of your expectancy? Or when you hear the words, follow me, do you put your head down and run? 
leaving everything, Levi rose and followed him. Levi's choice cost him something. He wouldn't have been able to go back to that job. That was lost. His career was gone. The decision to follow Jesus cost Levi everything that he knew. And Jesus is calling us to a new and completely different life. He's calling you to a new and completely different life. Will you follow him? His kingdom is for you. If you've not given your life over to the care of Jesus, I want you to hear this now. And if you have, I want you to hear it again. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, But he desires that none would perish, but all should have eternal life. You see, we've got a holy God who has a holy law. And if he judges us by that law, he has to find us guilty. You see, the problems are sin. That stuff that we do that blocks our way to having a relationship with God. And his problem is that he sees that sin and it's stopping him because his desire is that none would perish. So he came up with the solution, Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. I prayed prayer this morning. I prayed a prayer this morning that was really simple. It was this. How big is your love that your heart could be for me? In all of my mess, and in all of my stinking thinking, your heart still wants me. He wants you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever, you're a whosoever, would believe in him, would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That's a promise. And that promise is received through faith. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Every one of us has a decision to make when you hear that. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Will you follow him today? His kingdom is for you. You may be considering following Jesus. You might have recently made a decision to follow Jesus. Or you might have been a Christian for longer than I have. Many years. But what now? As you follow Jesus, you will find a new identity. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. 
The old has gone and the new is here. I've asked permission, but my good friend John, he struggled with this scripture. I used to say it to him all the time. John, you're a new creation. The old is dead and the new has come. And John used to say, I really struggle with that scripture to the point where I don't like it because I keep struggling with the same stuff. How am I a new creation if I keep struggling with the same stuff? Because people, including you, will remember your old identity. I've often been reminded of the shameful things I've done in my life. But what you've been no longer defines you. His kingdom does. Levi was given a new name. Probably given to him by Jesus. Happens a lot in the Bible. Jesus gave new people new names. Simon became Peter, which meant the rock. And that was the rock that he was going to build his church on. And to Levi, he got given the name Matthew, which means the gift of God. That salvation that we're talking about. It's the first gospel. Is he calling you by a different name this morning? And are you willing to leave your old identity? Your everything? And follow him? Because his kingdom is for you. A kingdom is simply a territory that is ruled by a sovereign. He's, uh, God is sovereign. He's supreme. And we live in the UK, don't we? And if you're a citizen of the UK and you have a, a, a passport, um, as you open your passport, you'd come up to a page and there's going to be a picture. I hope you can see it. But, um, but on that page, it says this. If you've got a new or, or an old passport, it, it will either say his or hers because we've got a king now. Um, But it says this, His Britannic Majesty, Secretary of State, requests and requires in the name of His Majesty all those whom it may concern. Allow the bearer to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. Ever read that in your passport? You You guys are reading the wrong stuff. Yeah? going to know your rights okay and this is the thing if I haven't got um, my Bible open and I don't know these promises of God how am I meant to stand on them you see when you belong to a kingdom you can call on and use the resources of that kingdom and you are protected at the king's request Someone needs to hear that today. You're protected at the king's request. I'm just going to ask the band to come back up and and get ready. And I'm going to repeat that. You see, when you belong to a kingdom, you can call on and use the resources of that kingdom and you are protected 
at the king's request. I see a poverty in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, which sounds really heretic. (laughs) But that poverty is not because the kingdom of heaven lacks. It's because of our thinking. Often we think of the kingdom of heaven as a place I'm going to. But my Bible says in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, we have the ability to call that into now. To call on the resources of that kingdom, even when we're not there. Some people feel that they don't require it anymore. They've got comfortable, just like Levi was, just like I was. And we're in the me, myself, and I stage. And some people some people feel they're not worthy. You are so worthy of his love. Oh, Phil, what have you done to me? <laughs> Phil prayed for me the other week. I've not stopped crying since. Fine. Come on. The kingdom's for you, along with all of its security, all of its promises, because you're invited. I don't know, you might have been in the church a while, you might have heard people speaking in tongues, you might have seen people who get healed, you might have heard people talking prophetic words and words of knowledge, and you might think, oh, that's great, Luke, but that's not for me. The kingdom is for you right now. I said, God wants to do something today. Why don't you just stand where you are? There's a barrier we need to get past. Worship's the key that unlocks the door. We need to get to a place, though, before our bank can lead you. You need to get to a place where you're ready. Where you're ready to lay off everything you've known about church and singing songs and worship and reading the Bible and come after something new because his kingdom is for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. See, words have been spoken, haven't they? But they're cheap if I don't create a space for you to experience it. I trust God. I trust God that when I call on him and when you call on him, that he'll move in your life. Would you trust him with me? And trust me to lead you. Just close your eyes. Just start to identify God's presence over your life right now. Forget the person you came with. This is you and your God. Open your heart. 
open your heart with me right now. His plan, His purpose. Can you feel Him moving over your body today? I don't know how you arrived. Can you feel Him stirring in your heart and in your mind? Lean in. that God gave me God wants to do work in people there's some people here and this is me, I'm being obedient I'm absolutely terrified about this part of today but God wants to deal with people who feel rejected because he doesn't reject you and, and he showed me a woman that's here today that has anxiety and fear so prevalent in her life that it feels like her guts are twisting inside her stomach. And God says to you, he sees you. And there's people that are being affected by cancer and addictions. And God's calling you. 